Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continued our series called Soul Keeping, and I talked about the idea that our soul has needs and the importance of receiving from God exactly what we need. Today, I'll be joined by Nick and John to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here uh, with uh, Nick and with John. And um, yeah, this past Sunday, uh, continued the series uh, Soul Keeping. And I talked about um, basically what our souls need. And it's based on the John Oldberg's book from Soul Keeping and how, um, you know, our, our souls ultimately need God, right? But just kind of uh, before we jump into it further, I just thought, you know, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on uh, the message, anything that you heard that stood out, uh, things that uh, you liked, maybe even things you didn't like. And I thought this would be a great great opportunity for us to uh, just jump into it, dialogue. Um, Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's so important what we're talking about in general. So, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts after you <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey everyone um yeah i think as i look back on the message and um i think i heard it one and a half times kind of got up conver- caught up in some conversations during second service um i love that premise but i think i can you refresh my memory as far as what our needs are um use the whole analogy of, of a kid a, a baby has these these physical tangible needs and if they're not met Things don't go so well for, for mm-hmm. anybody. But then when it came down to the practical, uh, maybe you got into it, maybe you didn't. But what is it that our souls need? That's a, a great question. And I I did not answer that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was meant to, that was going to be the plug for the rest of the series. Gotcha. Okay. Right. That is, we continue on in yeah. the other chapters. Um, whether we agree or disagree, there's things that Orpert lays out, right? Yeah. Our soul needs these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, great question because at the end of the day, um, I didn't. Uh, I forgot to allude to the fact that this is what's coming up in the series. So in a nutshell, and I know it's cliche, it's the soul needs God, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus invites us to him, but how he meets those needs, gotcha. that's what we're going to be talking about. Gotcha. But nevertheless, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Okay. Yeah, I just get lost in these details that sometimes are there and they're answered and sometimes they're not. And so I, it's hard for you to dialogue sometimes about Hey, but it's, go- it's great <laughs> that you, you noticed <laughs> and you asked those questions, though. So the other thought I had that really jumped out at me, uh, the one quote, or one of two quotes, really, that stuck out to me from the whole book that I've written down multiple times mm. was the one that you posted and I thought was, was so good. And the whole idea of you must arrange your days mm. so that you're experiencing deep contentment, joy, and confidence in your everyday life with God. And, you know, Dallas Willard being who he is, very intentional and meticulous. It's like, why did he pick those three words? Hmm. And what does that look like in practice in our everyday lives with God? Um, and um, so, yeah, that's something I've been thinking about. And so I'm just curious, like, what? What does that look like for you guys? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on any of this, John? I liked the message. I thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the idea of um, you know what our soul needs, what our body needs, even that's 
so intriguing to me. It's been really interesting to me over this past summer because I've been doing this intermittent fasting thing and realize oh. my body doesn't need as much food as I thought it did. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I lost like 20 pounds and it's it's been good. And it's like, huh, like what else am I doing too much of? Probably a lot. And like, it's just, you know, and my soul, like what is it exposed to that it shouldn't be exposed to that's damaging my soul? Mm. So I, I, that's what I thought about when uh, mm. I was listening to the message. Hey, you didn't really ask my question, bro. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. No, that's, yeah. that's good. I appreciate you sharing. Um, but you know what's really... Oh, sorry to interrupt. I just thought, I mean, it was... And we'll get to next question, and I want us <laughs> to be able to talk about that. Um, but kind of the, the both sides of that coin, right? What do our souls need? Yeah. And Dallas, what I talked about that, as you brought up, Nick, and that quote that I brought up, and, and what does that look like? But then, John, you bringing up what don't our souls need that we oftentimes still pursue and attempt to fill ourselves with. So, I mean, we can kind of go into both of those things. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get into that. Nick, you know, what does it look like for us to experience? What is it deep? So it's the words were joy, contentment, and confidence. Okay. Hmm. So if you, you know, obviously it's not scripture, so you don't want to meditate on it. But yeah. like I said, knowing Dallas Willard, he picked those words for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it kind of along what you said of what doesn't our soul need. So for me, it's like, well, what what am I doing that causes me to be discontent? Yeah. What, what takes away my joy, and what makes me not confident? Hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and what what kind of confidence is he talking about? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's start there. What do you what do you think about what comes to mind when you think about what are the things then that we we think about, we fill our minds with, what do we do that prevents us or does the exact opposite of, of joy, contentment, confidence? Well, if I were to just get specific, I think, um, so I was at a bachelor party maybe four or five months ago. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Not that kind of bachelor party. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Um, be specific. I'm sorry. So I'll be very specific. <laughs> so I took the guys surfing. The groom-to-be wanted to go surfing. The guys didn't surf. Everyone was slightly hungover. Um, but I did the best I could to bring boards, wetsuits, provide instruction. Um, but after you know about 10 minutes out there, they kind of got tired. They came in, saw on the beach, and I just asked, hey, is it be okay if I just went and caught a few? And... Um, I came back in and, you know, to me, it was just a normal session. I was grateful to be out in the water. But my buddy who was getting married was like, man, you are so happy right now. Like, mm. so happy. And we kind of just dialogued about that. And he's like, you know, it's really good that you have something that you know fills you up, that you know brings you joy. Because um, not everybody has that. Not everybody has found that. And it's kind of something I always come back to. Um, something about being in the water. Um, something about just... Um, to me, the transcendence of being on a wave that is there one second is, you know, gone the next, uh, that sort of resets my soul, kind of reconnects me with God. And I find myself apologizing for a lot of like, what are you doing today? I'm going to go surfing, you know, or, um, you know, like it's, I, I think there's a self-consciousness there that it's a very hedonistic, self-serving thing to do. But if I ask myself, well, what brings me? joy and contentment mm -hmm. um it would be surfing hmm. uh, yeah 
Yeah, I think that's always been your thing. And uh, I'm, so, I'm glad you had that. Yeah, I feel like you don't have a lot of places where you find joy. <laughs> so at least you have that. Um. <laughs> Sorry. You know, my kids, wife, ministry. <laughs> uh, when I think about those three words, you know, you, you can't not think about Paul. And I, I, I like that about Paul. He always talks about that, you know, joy and suffering and being content in any situation. And um, it's always been encouragement for me. And I think that's something that is driven a lot of my life and I like that uh, Paul is so expressive uh, in prison and that he can see the light at any uh, you know at the end of any tunnel so that's yeah that's always or that's the picture I always see when uh, when you guys brought up those three words yeah yeah I mean I just like that the words John just used in terms of how Paul's able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and I was just thinking about you know, what are the things that bring me discontentment or things that take away joy or things that, you know, uh, affect the confidence, you know? And I was like, life, <laughs> right? I mean, like, yeah. and I think that light at the end of the tunnel just paints a picture of like, we're always in this tunnel or a lot of our life is spent in this tunnel where there's a lot of darkness yeah. and it's not hard to just go through your everyday and find reasons to be dissatisfied, discontent, right? I mean... All the things that we don't have, all the things that we can't do, all the challenges we face, whether it's, you know, I mean, it could be anything and everything. And I'm like, you just kind of leave ourselves at status quo, whatever status quo means, but you just go your everyday life and there's enough reasons, enough things to bring us down and to be discontent. So, you know, I think that's kind of a, just if you're neutral, you know, I think you kind of begin to just gravitate towards that. And then I'm sure I could think about things that, things I read, you know, things I fill my mind with. Um, that may be a small portion, but, you know, I go, yeah, I think, I don't know if this actually makes me content or makes me discontent. You know, something I've been thinking about recently, just even social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's a big oh, thing yeah. and we talk about it a lot, but on one hand, like Instagram, social media, I like it because it is a tool for me to engage conversation with people, engage in conversation with people. Yeah. You know, because then when I see them, I have something to bring up. Yeah. Hey, yesterday I saw you went to the beach. How was that? Yeah. So I love that aspect of it, yeah. that there's people that I can just have things to talk about right off the bat because of social media, mm-hmm. because they're sharing about something they did and I'm seeing it. I can ask them about it. It's not weird. I'm not stalking because you know they posted it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at it, there's times when, you know, I just see things that kind of just make me a little more discontent. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm missing out or I just think like, oh, that person's kid's doing that or, you know, they have that. And it may not be like conscious or intentional, but, you know, there's a part where I just feel like, oh, like I don't feel better yeah. after looking at it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to navigate that balance, but something like that for me, you know, yeah. going, okay, that's something that I see. I, I spend time on it. I don't come out of it the way you come out of surfing, Nick, you know, where I'm just happier. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other things as well, but that's one thing I know for me that those are examples for me that I can think of. That's a good one with social media. 
I think it speaks to a lot of the research that's coming out too that says the exact same thing. Because you're one of the more stable, positive people that I know. What does that do for the rest of us? <laughs> you know, um, even the things we like. I think I, I see that same phenomenon happening where mm-hmm. I really like following so and so. I really like looking at this, but then what does that do to my soul over time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for myself, working with the youth kids, everyone is on Snap this, Instagram that, Facebook. Okay, Facebook not that anymore, for especially, <laughs> especially for youth kids. Yeah, yeah. But Twitter this, Twitter that. Um, yeah, if you don't have it, you're not in. And if you're not posting, you're not in. And if you're not keeping up with the latest tags and this and that and getting the last churro and hot dog, and uh, then you are not living life to the fullest but, you know, I see these kids on Fridays and some are in tears. And because I, I feel like it's they're not happy with what's really going on and they're not content with their social life. And they feel like if they're not, you know, they're not really getting social interaction. It's all through a screen. So I feel so lost trying to navigate this mm-hmm. uh, social media, you know, world. And even for myself, I do feel I feel the more that I'm on it. There's part of me that's like, it's fun to post, it's fun to show a story, but I think if I'm posting a lot, that month, I'm not really, I don't necessarily feel better. Like, there's times where I just try to just shut it down, I delete the thing, and I feel better that month because Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about getting enough likes or getting enough views or whatever, and it's, there's definitely something about that, disconnecting to actually connect to what's, you know, what really matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think, uh, you know, social media, I think it just highlights just the internal struggles we already feel, right? Um, the comparisons, the insecurities, you know, people's opinion, obviously a negative comment. Um, and I was thinking anything in life, anything significant that we step, our, we step into, that automatically comes with it. Yeah. You know, I can go play pickup basketball on a Tuesday night. And, you know, and it's, it's fun and I enjoy it, but there's potential of, you know, not doing well, you know, potential of conflict, potential of whatever, you know, and I just think, you know, I think about my kids, you sign up for an activity, you sign up for youth basketball and I put them on a team and immediately, you know, you're like, okay, there's comparison, there's insecurity, there's the feeling of like, oh, every other parent's doing this for their kid. Are you doing it? You know, oh, they went to go work out on Thursday. Are you going to go work out on Thursday? <laughs> right. It just, I was like, everything, anything that's, you know, that in and of itself could be good yeah. that, you know, we put our kids in, you know, like, oh, math tutoring, that's, that's good. And right. well, those parents are doing this and that kid got that score where it's like, every, there's so much potential in anything yeah. where it can give us that discontentment, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, are there any other things that you guys see? culturally that maybe stand out about others other than social media that you think you know those are things that you know we're not we're not trying to be legalistic dogmatic about it but hey you know being the keeper of our souls you know we need to be discerning be wise when it comes to fill in the blank yeah for me and this could just be me, you know, maybe an outlier there. But that's a big reason why for so many years we haven't had a TV. Mm-hmm. I realized that watching television television makes me anxious. Kind of for a lot of those same reasons mm. that I'm sitting there and I'm not actually relaxing. 
Um, and there's so much content out there that I think because I don't have that much exposure to media, I'm now hypersensitive to, whether it's the violence, the sexuality. But there are things in the media world that you would see and hear that you would never see in real life. Like it'd be pretty jarring to see your experience in real life. Mm. Yet it's kind of the norm there. Um, the other thing for me potentially is going to commercial gyms mm. <laughs> with the music and the marketing and the mirrors, the focus on body image that just doesn't, doesn't do good for my soul. You know, you're not interacting with anybody. It's very lonely. Um, and it's very, it's potentially very aesthetics driven. So, um, so, so I don't do those two things. <laughs> <laughs> I think for, again, for myself, this, uh, this consumer world and fast paced, you know, just do this, do that, buy this, buy that, Amazon Prime that, this. Um, it, that's been really hard for me to deal with because I I like to do and like want to get out and do as much as I can. But the faster I go, I've, I'll always hit a wall. I'll always burn out. I don't know when to stop. I don't know when to go home and go to sleep. So being able to slow down has been a huge challenge for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for, I mean, both of you sharing it, practical, tangible examples like TV, like gym, but John, you know, just even just the everyday pace, yeah. you know, this constant need uh, or feeling that we need to do more, right? Accomplish more, consume more. And, and what came to mind is obviously just how hard it is for a lot of us to rest, Right. So we, you know, Matthew 11, Jesus is like, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, you know, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your souls. And we can get, we can understand it theologically, you know, but even practically, right. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, even we've talked about the idea of a Sabbath, you know, one day where you, you rest and, and I struggle with it and, and we've talked about it before. And I think that pressure that you described, John, that just, it's constantly, going never ending and um yeah it doesn't lead to more joy mm -hmm. more contentment more confidence and that's the irony right is because we're doing it oftentimes we go more 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 faster 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 harder 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 because we think we're going to be we're going to have more joy more contentment more confidence but we see is actually produces the opposite yeah. so kind of then going back on you know we see the things that potentially affect negatively affect kind of the joy, contentment, confidence, and, and Willard saying, we must arrange our days. And obviously, easier said than done. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we can't ask Dallas Willard what he meant, what does it look like? But, you know, just speaking from the heart, being honest, what does that look like for you guys? How's, how's, it, how's it going? And, and I'll, you know, I'll chime in as well, but or what do you think it looks like? What, what could it look like? to do what uh, Willard's talking about? That's a great question. I think, especially when it comes to personal responsibility, like what does it look like for us to own that? Um, a part of me wants to just say, I don't know, I'll get back to you. But if I were to kind of just, just talk, you know, which is, I guess, why we're here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, unscripted. Um, 
I would say part of it's a, a perspective, a change in perspective, you know, the things where I think internally I find myself complaining or withdrawing. Those are things for me mm. to either reevaluate. Do I need to be doing this? Is this something that I should be committed to? Um, or is this maybe s- something that I just need a, a change in perspective on in order to kind of shift from a, a burden to, to gratitude? And I think for me, so much of what my life is made up of now is marriage, parenting, shopping, cooking, cleaning. And um, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what to do with that. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in sort of a uh, an age of creativity and outsourcing. So do I find a way to pay someone to do some of it? Do I, um, you know, is it kind of a mix of different things? Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what it looks like in the mundane, in the things that are not necessarily worth posting or, but you want to be present in it. You know, you mm-hmm. want to be able to experience joy and contentment mm-hmm. and confidence. Confidence is kind of a weird thing for me too. Like what, what does that mean? You know, what, what's the confidence that he's talking about that we're being called to, to build, mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I, I'm wrestling with mm-hmm. and trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the honesty, you know, and I think that's, you know, if it were that simple, you know, we just go through a book like this and yeah. we're good. We're done. You know, every day we're filled with joy. We're content. We are confident. But I think just this you know it, this struggle and this yeah. challenge to do it and to be able to process it and i think that's why it's so valuable to have you guys share and for us to talk about this because um it is hard mm-hmm. you know um so yeah appreciate the honesty and bringing those things up what about you john yeah i've been able to you know i think the older i get i've been able to <laughs> actually find time to slow down it's been mm. nice to breathe and you know i i'm not married i don't have kids so whatever demands i have i just put on myself and i make life crazy for myself whatever that looks like so if i just choose to slow down right now like i've understood that that's actually a good thing for me it's you know the world's not going to end you don't need to go do everything um being able to be still know that god's in control uh whether it's at here at church, home with friends, uh, it's it's been nice to kind of just yeah sit at times and again just breathe and even listen to the breathing, close my eyes and go for a walk and a jog now and not have to worry about um, I don't know anxiety and and pressure or just like the buildup of uh, stress and it's just it's just not there as much because i feel like i'm pretty satisfied like i've always been pretty happy and thankful and i think that's really poured into a a cup that has been able to overflow with this this joy that i think really comes from god and i yeah i i can say that confidently i can understand that god is good i can feel that everything will be okay if I sit here and just relax. Like I don't have to run out of these doors and go try to do other things today. It's it's okay to just sit still. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I've appreciated 
I think that time, and just kind of growing up, you know, I'm 33 now, I'm not 23. In your 20s, I think things are just so different. Like, I, I, you know, trying to do everything, trying to be everywhere, trying to please everyone, still trying to figure out who you are, and still trying to do that now, but it's a little different in your mm-hmm. 30s, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I love that. I mean, that's something, you know, it's always been, no, I can't say always, but it's a strength of yours, right? And you've really, I think, navigated through challenges, difficulties, um, to be able to find that joy amidst, you know? So I think for you, it's, it's awesome to hear you describe it, but I know it's, it's come with a lot of intentionality too, to be able to do that. And, you know, I think about for me too, I mean, you know, what I kind of talked about just, you know, the discontentment that I feel, right? Whether it's worry, whether it's anxiety, dissatisfaction, being frustrated with someone. You know, I think this realization too that that is not like healthy and I can do something about it without changing my circumstance and situation. And I don't know if I would have verbalized it like that before, but a lot of times it's so easy to go, okay, I'm not happy, but to just feel helpless, mm. right? And to just feel like, well, this needs to change, that needs to change, he needs to do that, she needs to stop that, yeah. and then it'll fix. But, you know, I think what Willard is saying, you know, the series, and even, you know, realizing seeing in Scripture is like, no, that's that's still ultimately me, right? Somewhere there's a disconnect between what I believe Scripture says mm-hmm. and how I'm actually thinking and what I'm actually feeling, right? So I think a lot of it, and you know, I talk about journaling a lot of, of going to that place where I'm like, okay, why am I worried? Mm. You know, or why am I stressed? Why am I, why do I resent, feel resentment towards this person right now? Right. And being able to to process that, to, you know, to identify it and, and ideally being able to turn to God and say, hey, God, you have to forgive me for this. Mm. You know, I shouldn't be des- desiring these things or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, it's it's easier said than done. But I see a lot of it is that internal that conversation with God going back and forth and a lot of times at the end of the day I want something and I can't have it you know um, I feel you know whether it's public opinion whether it's resource whatever it might be comfort and God asking me to surrender those things mm. you know so I think a lot of it for me and I and I, you know is being able to steer my mind steer my thoughts towards God to, to think about yeah what what is he saying? What does scripture say? And I think about what Paul says in Philippians 4, right? When he's talking about rejoice in all things. And he's like, just whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is worthy, like whatever. Yeah. Like think about those things. And he, he writes it in a way that's almost like it's easy. But I realize how hard it is, but how important it is that we're able to, to set our minds on those things, right? And to think about it whatever struggle we're going through, whatever that thing is that's making us feel discontent, to look at it and to say, okay, yeah, this may be true. I'm having a hard time. You know, This is an important thing or my life is hard right now, but in light of, of truth, in light of who God is, you know, in light of what he can do, how should I be feeling right now? 
you know, a lot of times, yes, yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's amazing where, you know, there's days where I journal and I'm still struggling and there's days where I'm journaling and literally I can feel my mood change. Mm. You know, where I went into something like just feeling very anxious and worried and then to come out of it feeling hopeful. Like, you know what? Like, like John said, you know, it's like, it's going to be okay. Like I actually can be hopeful. I can rejoice, you know, so it's not every day. It's not all the time, but being able to do those things, you know, quote unquote, arranging our days, mm-hmm. you know, I see the, the power and the benefits in that. Yeah. yeah I appreciate you sharing. I mean, I definitely resonate with that, that process of being with God with journaling. Uh, I'm a journaler as well. And, um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's not something you can Instagram. I mean, unless you want to take a cool <laughs> picture of, you know, your pen and your moleskin yeah, journal, yeah. you know, but it's, it's very, um, it's a spiritual discipline that is very not flashy mm-hmm. yet. That's oftentimes where God meets us in those places. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely resonate kind of with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's been interesting is like, you know, I share with you guys, you know, SoulFit, we've been working out together and like my shoulder's been kind of ailing, my, you know, my hamstring. Um, And I just thought, you know, physically we can identify right away Mm. when something's not right, you know, and, you know, like I'm still, you know, I'm still jumping in there, but I'm proceeding with a sense of caution of like, okay, that's a problem that needs to be addressed. And it would be foolish for me to just, try to go harder yeah right and ignore it you just go like no there's something wrong and what can i do about it and just i think being able to acknowledge and identify it is huge Mm -hmm. and then you've got to figure out how to address it so maybe it's rest maybe it's rehab maybe it's whatever it might be and there's all different kinds of ways to handle it and that shoulder my hamstring it might not be fixed right away you know it may take months weeks it may take months but just to, to acknowledge like, hey, there's something wrong and I'm addressing it. And I think oftentimes with the soul, we don't even like acknowledge it. You know, like, hey, you know what? There's something that's wounded. Yeah. That's something that's hurting right now. Like we might not be able to fix it in that moment. Yeah. But just to be able to acknowledge it, I think is so huge. Yeah. And, and that's a shift in thinking where I think a lot of times we think it's just normal mm-hmm. to be discontent. Normal to be insecure, like oh, everybody's stressed, everybody's worried, mm-hmm. everybody's bitter about this, you know. But to say no, that's 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 okay. It's it's normal in a sense that we all struggle with it. But you want to like acknowledge it. Yeah. You want to address it, and how we address it, that's where you know the Holy Spirit comes into play, biblical community comes into play. But you know, I think if we're able to just identify and say, hey, something's not right here, that would be a huge step. Yeah. If we could admit that to ourselves. And mm-hmm. and that's where I love the correlation with, you know, what we're doing at SoulFit. There's a physical component and how we kind of have been journeying through that and how I think it works out a lot of times emotionally, mentally, intellectually mm-hmm. with what's going on internally. Yeah. yeah, that's a great parallel. And it's a good question. What What does it look like in our everyday lives to do something like scale back? or mm-hmm. modify or say no, you know, in a way that may disappoint somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's not normal, but it, it kind of gets back to the idea that Jesus calls us to a different kind of normal. 
mm-hmm. you know, different standard and the abundant life he talks about the confidence he talks about is so different from the world that sometimes we're not even sure what it looks like but um you know back to dallas willard i never met the guy you know i don't even know a ton about his work firsthand but from what everybody says he was kind of a different guy hmm. you know he did excellent work in the secular world so highly you know highly accomplished um uh, in his work in philosophy yet this gentle compassionate patient man uh, who was as committed to christ as you know anybody else um and um yeah just the idea of that i think is encouraging to me mm-hmm. yeah anything else you guys want to add anything you would like to say uh no just speaking of needs i'm hungry so it's <laughs> about a good time to to wrap it up uh thanks eric for having us it's always a pleasure to be here yeah, well, thank you both. Thanks for chiming in, being able to talk deeper about, you know, these the idea of what our soul needs and being able to be open and transparent. And uh, appreciate you guys being here, sharing your thoughts. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs>